The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Our text for Good Friday comes from the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 12 to 19. Dear brothers and sisters, it is hard to watch Jesus die and still call it good. We are seeing God's love in action, but we are also seeing God's justice being satisfied completely. We need to realize these contrasts in order to fully understand and appreciate what God was doing. On the darkest day in the world's history, God produced the greatest light of hope for the world. Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 5 shows us exactly what happened on Good Friday and why it happened that way. We cannot survey the wondrous cross of Christ where love and justice meet and come away, still the same people as we were before. When we survey the wondrous cross, we will come out with the knowledge that the cross is where love and justice meet. The first thing is justice demands death for sin. Justice, as God put it in the Old Testament, is making the punishment fit the crime. That's why he demanded an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The illustration St. Paul uses here is the sin of Adam. God told Adam that in the day he ate the forbidden fruit, he would die. Nothing less than death would be a fitting punishment. If Adam's sin didn't cause death, then God wouldn't be just. The fact is Adam's sin did cause death. The Bible is full of evidence as well as the whole world, as we can see in verse 12 to 14. Adam's sin didn't just affect him, it also affected every one of his descendants. Whether people committed the same sin Adam did or not, they still die. Whether they had the written law of Moses or not, they still die. That means you don't need the law to prove sin causes death. You don't even need the law to be a convicted sinner. You are a sinner anyway. Death proves it. The law only tells you why you are dying. It is because of your sins. You can preach the law as loudly and as strongly as you want to, but death will still preach sin louder. Every toll of the funeral bell, every obituary, every gravestone, every cemetery says that only one kind of people live here in this world, and they are dying people. We are just like our first parents. They were sinners, and so are we. They died, and so will we. That is justice. Do you ever wonder why people go to such extremes trying to find cures for diseases which cause death? Why do people try so hard to avoid thinking about the reality of death? Why do people almost anything, uh, why do people do almost anything to keep themselves alive a little longer no matter what the cost? Why is it so important to some people to figure out the cause of death? The truth, is, the truth is that every human being is a sinner, and sin is the only reason people die. That is extremely difficult for anyone to accept because most people don't have any idea what to do with sin. 
They don't have any idea how to confront death either. You can try to ignore death. You can try to delay death. You can even deny it, but you will not be able to stop it. You can say anything you want to about death to try to make it bearable for survivors. You can say all kinds of nice things about the person who died, but death happens because people are sinners. That is God's justice. No machine exists which will ever be able to frustrate God's justice. No medical knowledge will ever be able to supersede God's justice. Human beings will never be able to give back a life. All we do is to carelessly and selfishly take away the gift of life which only God give, can give. Nothing will ever stop God from pronouncing his just verdict. The wages of sin is death. When God took it upon himself to teach people the connection between sin and death, death had to be involved. That was the reason thousands, if not millions, of animals were sacrificed on Old Testament altars, picturing the way God was going to take care of our sin problem. Sin always costs life. The Old Testament sacrifices picture that most clearly. That's why Jesus' life ended in death. Jesus didn't die a normal death as a result of age or illness. He died under a death sentence. The death sentence was the will of his heavenly father, who pronounced him cursed, a sinner, deserving death, sentenced to death, put to death as a convicted criminal. The way Jesus died said loudly and clearly that justice was being done. The hymn writer was correct when he said the deepest stroke that pierced him was the stroke that justice gave. Justice demands death for sin. The second thing we are looking at is love produces justification by grace. As we can see in verses 15 to 19 of our text, Paul continues the comparison to make his point clear. He compares what Adam did to all people when he sinned with what Christ did for all people when he died. The effects of Adam's sin were all bad, but the effects of Christ's death were all good. The point is that what Christ and Adam did affected everybody. This is Good Friday, my dear brother and sister. You have to look carefully to see any love being shown at all. Most of what appears as love, humanly speaking, came from a few women and one disciple who were standing there helplessly under the cross, courageously watching with Jesus until the end of the horrible ordeal. Love among any of the other people present was non-existent. You have to survey the wondrous cross from a distance to see the real love that was there. You have to stand back far enough to get a clear picture of thousands of years of promises here brought to fulfillment. If you look at it from that perspective, you can see God's hand over everything and his plans being carried out in exact detail. You can see God's justice as it, as it had to be because God is and always will be holy. You can see his vengeance on a world of sinners, and you know that justice was not satisfied until the lasting way had been paid. 
you have to stand back to see that people weren't doing what they wanted to do to Jesus. Jesus was doing exactly what he had to do to satisfy his father. And his father was doing exactly what he had to do to, uh, to be done to Jesus. God was doing what had to be done for the whole world of sinners. What was he doing? We can almost hear the heavenly father telling his son, you haven't suffered enough yet. The pain isn't great enough. The agony isn't horrible enough. You must suffer knowing that I will not claim you as my son. I reject you as my son. I condemn you because justice demands it. Depart from me, Christ, and suffer for the sin you are carrying. Suffer until you cry out, and the world knows that I have rejected you and forsaken you. We have to stand back far enough to hear the Holy Son of God say, Isn't there any other way? Is that what has to be done to let the people of the world see your love? Is this the way it has to be so that you can tell every sinner that justice has been satisfied? We have to stand back far enough to hear the Father say, there is no other way. You must be perfectly holy. You must obey me completely. You must put yourself in my hands and under the weight of my justice. Then I can tell the world all sins have been paid for once and for all. Not until justice is satisfied. Then the son say, not my will, but yours be done. Not until Christ had suffered and died could there be any peace with God. But Jesus did it. It was finished at the cross, praise God. So now you, my brother and sister, why would you carry the weight of any guilt when God said that Jesus already did it? Why would you suffer as if you were paying for your wrongs when God says what Jesus suffered already did that? The cross is where love and justice meet. At the cross, you can see that God is serious about sin. At the cross, you can see his vengeance carried out. At the cross, you can see his anger burning hot enough to destroy. At the cross, you can see the agony sin causes in a way that you can see it nowhere else. When you look at what God did to his son, you will be able to see his love satisfying his justice once and for all. From that, God's love turns death into the doorway to eternal life. From that being the case then, where is the fear? Where is the sting? Where is the sorrow? Jesus turned death into life the way God intended life to be. I urge you today to look at the cross where he suffered and died for you. To look at the, at the grave where they laid his body after he suffered the case you should have carried. To look at the empty tomb on Easter morning and you will see that God accepted the sacrifice his son made and proved it to be the world with his resurrection. Can you come away from the cross the same person as you were when you went there? If you still feel the weight of your sin and if you still think you are carrying a load that's too heavy to carry, don't leave yet. Stay at the cross until the load, the, the load of sin is lifted off of your shoulders. 
Survey the wondrous cross of Christ again. Then leave the Lord of guilt and sorrow there because that's where it belongs. Where love and justice meet at the cross of Jesus. Indeed, at the cross of Jesus, there is justice. There is the forgiveness of sins. There is love. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are a just God who accepts nothing less than perfection. Oh, too often we fail to realize how much our sins offend you. We forget that the wages of sin truly is death. We forget that there actually is a hell. Lord, lead us to recognize the seriousness of our sinfulness. Lead us also to admit our inability to make things right with you. Lord, teach us to look to you as the only one who can make us just and right. Today we are reminded not only of your justice, but also of your love. You did not spare your own son, but gave him as a ransom for each one of us. Lord, comfort us with the knowledge of this great love. Give us the peace that the forgiveness of sins brings. When we feel our guilt, Lord, point us to the cross where our guilt was washed away in Jesus' blood. Lord Jesus, we thank you for paying the debt that we could not pay. We thank you for coming to earth so that we could be with you forever in heaven. For being our perfect substitute, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Son of God, you offered up your body as an unblemished sacrifice for sin and commended your spirit into the hands of your Father. Lord Jesus, teach us to cast the cares of this brief life on our Heavenly Father and commit our bodies and souls to his love. Lord, give us the courage to face death knowing that it is the gate to our home in heaven. Hear us, Lord, indeed, as your children, as we offer our personal thanks for the forgiveness that you have given us and for the home that you have won for us. The cross was once an instrument of death. It is now a sign of life. Dear Savior, we humbly kneel at the cross in awe of your power and of your love. Amen.